0: I want you to think of things and people that have made a a big impact on our world. You might be thinking of the world wars, might be big political figures that have been larger than life that have made a big impact in our world. Decisions that they have made while being in that position of authority. Or how about things like the invention of the, the internet? Completely transformed our world. And the list could go on and on and on. And you'll all have your own kind of people in your head that you're thinking of. However, one thing that probably had the biggest and most impacts the world even today... Is the church so this morning I want us to focus on the impact that the church has had and continues to have on the world that we live in Indeed, Jesus would make the the greatest impact of anything that we could possibly put on our list and as followers of Jesus we too have that opportunity and responsibility to make an impact in our world in his Name. A reading from Matthew's Gospel highlights the very first steps of the road that the church would be called to walk on, where they would start to become an impact player in our world. Moving from this small Jewish sect who followed Jesus around to becoming a worldwide faith that brings us here in a town in Scotland two thousand years later. This end to Matthew's gospel is really interesting from the point of view that up until that point it's only Jesus who taught. Jesus was the rabbi, the rest just followed. And here he is handing over the authority to those disciples where he says, go. Go, make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This thing that we call the Great Commission. And as I just said, I call it the Great Co-mission. We get to work with God in this, which is wonderful. Of course, the birth of the church as we know it would begin for real at Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit comes comes down and breathes on, on these people. Burst the church. And we celebrate that after Easter. However, if these 11 men had decided to resist that call from Jesus, refused to accept that authority that he had passed over to them, there's a good chance that we wouldn't be sitting here. That we wouldn't be sitting here this morning because no one would have heard that good news of jesus and therefore it would have been unable to become disciples unable to be baptized in the name of the father son and holy spirit the church as we know it would not have had the opportunity to be born and to grow from the middle east to this little island here In turn, they wouldn't have also been in that position to be persecuted. A man named Saul, a devout Pharisee who took great delight in getting rid of these so-called Christians, these Jesus followers. He wanted to uphold the Jewish law and faith, and these rebels would be dealt with, and he did deal with them very severely. And this would continue on until this man Saul had this powerful, powerful experience as he meets with Jesus, meets with Jesus and he's blinded by the light of Jesus. He's told to stop persecuting my people. Jesus actually says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? These people are mine and I am theirs. Saul asks him who he is. Jesus tells him who he is and sends Saul away to the city to wait. And after that period of being blinded, Saul regains his sight. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and he immediately starts preaching the good news of Jesus. He not only did that, But he obeyed Jesus' command to go and reach the Gentiles. This man Saul changed his name to Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. He not only preached in the synagogues of Jerusalem, but was responsible for for spreading the good news of Jesus to the Gentile world, traveling to Turkey, to Greece and then eventually settling in Rome. He set up churches and then continued to provide them with advice and and leading and guiding, the advice that we have in our scriptures today in the form of his letters. In doing all of this, he found himself being persecuted, thrown in prison, But even during all of that, he continued to proclaim the wonderful name of Jesus. It didn't stop him. It would have made his life so much easier if he had stopped preaching, stopped planting these churches, stopped writing letters, stopped encouraging them. It would have been so much easier if he just went back home. However, if he had made that decision to stop and go back home, then we wouldn't be here this morning. You see, while it would take some time, the message of the resurrected Jesus would reach the ears of the Roman emperor, who would make Christianity the religion of the Roman Empire. Eventually spreading the good news of Jesus all over Europe. And that would be until the 16th century and the rise of the Reformation. A few years ago was the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther nailing his 95 theses to that door in Wittenberg. An action that would kick off a Reformation in Europe. Religion would be transformed. It would forever have an impact on the landscape of the world as we know it. There were those who followed Luther in Germany, those who followed Calvin and Zwingli in in Switzerland, and of course John Knox here in Scotland. Theological differences aside, each one of these men believed with their whole being that the church was to be stepping in the right direction, that it had gone too far off the path, that we were to come back to what Jesus actually commanded us to do. It was important to them that what the church was teaching was in line with Jesus. But it's not only religion that was impacted by this Reformation. Because it was important to the Reformers that people like us would be able to read our Bibles in our own language. So they started to print Bibles in all different languages. But it highlighted a problem. And the problem was that not everybody could read. Very few people could read. So that led to the the birth of churches creating schools and education, that we would educate our people, that they would be able to read the scriptures for themselves. But it wasn't just education. Because the church had a massive role in all aspects of public life, providing healthcare, science, politics, all of which over time have been swallowed up and now are predominantly secular arenas, but they have their their birth and their history firmly planted in the church. We've seen our society change though over these last decades and the church is now being called on more than ever. We're now being called back into these arenas, helping in the schools, the creation of, unfortunately, the creation of food banks. We have many Christian care homes, the care sector. We've seen charities develop, such as Christians Against Poverty, to help those who find themselves in financial struggles. Even churches creating their own Christian counselling services to help people with their, their mental health. Throughout the, the 20th century, the church and Christians continued to make an impact. A prime example would be my own personal Idol, not with a capital I, but a small. That's Martin Luther King, a man born in the deep south of the United States. And he would have that opportunity to move to the north where segregation and racism wasn't quite as prevalent as it was in the deep south. And he flourished in the, the more mixed north of America, he had the opportunity to stay there and continue to flourish, but when he saw what was happening in the deep south of America, where he was from, his people, when he saw the injustice that was happening there, he needed to do something about it. It needed addressed and it needed tackled. And as a Christian, he held on to the truths found in the scriptures. And he simply could not sit back and allow that to happen. He needed freedom to reign. And in the face of unbelievable pressure and persecution, he stood firm. He stood firm in the pursuit of justice, that all humans were created and loved by God equally. Now, it would have been far easier for Dr. King if he'd just stayed as far away as possible, did his best to ignore it, ignore all the issues that were happening. But he had this call on his life to follow Jesus, to take part in that great commission. He had to do something. And his legacy speaks for itself. The impact that he made on our world is there for all to see. And while he might never have seen the, the promised land that he had been given a vision of by God in his lifetime, we see certain things in our world that we would never have thought possible in the past. He pursued this vision that God had given him with zeal. And how about one of the, the greatest evangelists that the world is probably Seen certainly the greatest of the 20th century. Billy Graham was an anointed evangelist who lived to the age of 99 years old, a man who felt convicted to reach as many people as possible with the gospel in the name of Jesus. And as great an impact as he made, he wasn't without his critics. There were many people who criticised his methods, who criticised him as a man. And I truly believe that he could have had a far easier life if he'd just went home, if he'd just stepped away from it all. However, millions of people around the world, millions, can give thanks to Billy Graham and his ministry for bringing them into a relationship with Jesus. Indeed, here in Scotland, millions of people heard him speak and responded to this message that he preached, whether that was in the Kelvin Hall, or whether it was people cramped into Celtic Park or or Murrayfield. Lives were changed by his ministry because he refused. He refused. To go home. And you might be wondering why I'm giving you a little history lesson this morning rather than a sermon. Well, the reason is I've done this because there's something that links each and every one of them. Each of these individuals and groups, they all had a decision to make. They received this call, this call in their lives from Jesus, and they had a decision to make. They could follow it, accept it, or they could just go home. No matter what they faced as their opposition, they chose to stand firm. They recognized Jesus' anointing on their lives and stood firm in what they were called to do. Anointing when we hear that word, we might think of Samuel anointing David, or individuals who have this specific anointing on their life, spiritual gifts. We might think of someone who has a strong prophetic anointing on their life, or someone like Billy Graham who has this strong evangelistic anointing on his life. However, the thing is, we are all anointed, every single one of us. As followers of Jesus, we are anointed. For when we accepted Jesus into our lives, we received the Holy Spirit. And we received that anointing of the Spirit. John's first letter at chapter 2, this is what he says at verse 20 and 21. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and all of you have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and you know that no lie comes from the truth. And then later on he says, as for you, the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and so you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, And just as it is taught to you, abide in him. The anointing never leaves you. It remains in you. As John writes to us. He's writing to a church that are being infiltrated by those who are spreading a false gospel. False teachings. These people are seeking to destroy the church. And John is trying to encourage them. He's reminding them that they have received the anointing of the Holy Spirit and that through that anointing they will know the truth. That truth that that anointing remains with them. That no matter whether they are attacked physically or spiritually, it stays with them. And John concludes the section with the reason for this anointing being poured into them. He says, And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from Him in shame. The anointing is given to us that we will remain firm, we'll have zeal, we'll move forward and make an impact with courage. That Jesus has this call on our lives. And we'll follow it. Because that great commission was not just for those disciples. Jesus' command is to us as well. All those who have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all of us walk in that anointing. And throughout history, men and women have made a massive impact on our world as we know it whether that is standing up to the the persecution for preaching the name of Jesus, whether it was the reformer standing up to the might of the the Roman Catholic Church, which was the only church at the time, to have that confidence and and strength to, to say, look, what you're doing is wrong. We need to be changed. Or those who stand up to the injustices of our world, on the disagreements on how people should be or shouldn't be brought to Jesus. The thing is, individuals can make a massive impact in our world. And Just imagine what impact a group of individuals could make on our world. Imagine the church rising up, stepping into that anointing. Just imagine what impact that would have on our world. Because the church is not a worship service. It's not a building that we come to. Each and every one of us, we are the church. We are Jesus Christ's body here in Rutherglen. We're tasked with being his hands and his feet here on earth. And as we know from this great commission, we are called to make disciples of all people. And the thing is, that might be easier for some than others. Some of us might find it really difficult and hard to speak to others about Jesus. However, it can get easier over time. If you remember that we are walking in that anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, if we remain firm and we stand strong for the good news of Jesus and fully step into that anointing, learning more about what it means through reading the word of god through prayer seeking his wisdom we might read or listen to books watch videos i have a plan to to start up a small kind of media library to help people with this stuff things that i've found helpful things that i'm finding helpful i want to share it with you helps us all grow in our knowledge and their experience of God in our lives. You see, I accepted a call in my life to go into full-time ministry because I'm excited about a people rising up. I tested the call to come here because I was excited about what was happening. And I was excited about the opportunity to minister with you here in Stone Lock. I'm excited about seeing the landscape of Rutherglen changing, the landscape of South Lanarkshire changing, Glasgow, all of Scotland. It's Jesus' followers rising up, rising up and taking on this anointing, seeing a country that is on fire for our Lord Jesus. That's what excites me. See, I'm excited about seeing Scotland becoming more kingdom-like A nation who embraces the the fairness and the justice that's spoken about in that prophecy of Isaiah. A nation that are passionate and have a passionate commitment to Jesus. I'm excited by these things. But the only way that these things can come to pass is if we are Christ's body, the church, that we embrace and we take on that command of Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching these new disciples to obey all of the commands of Jesus. And I truly believe that we, the church, Jesus' body here in Rutherglen, can make an amazing impact on the world that we live in. However, as the church, the body of Christ, we have to make that same decision as those who've gone before us, we can make a decision to walk away and go home, have a somewhat easier life. Or we can take on the challenge, stepping into our anointing as followers of Jesus, an anointing that gives us strength, an assurance that we might remain firm in Jesus, no matter what we come up against. We're able to follow, to follow our Lord Jesus, spread the gospel, the creation of of disciples, the teaching of those disciples. The church has made a massive impact in our world. And the challenge is there for us to continue that legacy on, to continue to make an impact in our world, all in the name of Jesus. I believe that God wants us as a church to make an impact on the world that is around us. And then it will spread. But the question remains, will we accept that challenge and as a church remain firm, remain firm in Jesus through our anointing or will we seek to have that easy life by stepping back and going home? I wholeheartedly wholeheartedly choose to accept that challenge and will continue through it every single day of my life. I want to make an impact for Jesus. And I hope you do too. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus we thank you. We thank you for that anointing. We thank you for for that challenge. And we thank you that through that anointing there is no challenge that is too big for us. For we know that through your Spirit we are strengthened and encouraged. Would you help us as we seek to be that that light in a sometimes dark world? Help us to spread that good news of Jesus, that good news of salvation for all. Help us to make that impact that you wish to see in our world. That as Rutherglen is on fire for you, we see our county go on fire for you to the point where our entire nation is more kingdom-like and ready for your return. That we wouldn't shy away but that with John's words, we would stand tall in our anointing. So help us this week, and indeed every week, as we seek to be more like you, and to share your name with all that we come into contact with. All this we ask in your precious name. Amen.